You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room where we talk all things comics and movies. This is episode number 79. We're discussing the Inhumans trailer and Star Wars Forces of Destiny. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And unfortunately, Sanjay could not make the recording today. He is on the verge of 30. We have already celebrated his 30th birthday, but he threw it his back like an old man, so he couldn't walk or drive here. So he's got to sit out this recording, unfortunately. And I know he had a lot to say about the Inhumans trailer. This is something that dropped just recently, and there's mixed reaction. And you know what? I think we're going to get a little bit of mixed reaction here from the both of us as well. I'm a staunch supporter of Marvel, of the MCU, and this one has yet to hook me. I'm a little bit more intrigued than I was, say, a week or two ago. But this has got some hurdles to get over before, I think, getting the majority of the Marvel fan base on board. Yeah, that TV budget of theirs, or IMAX budget. <laughs> we'll have to see. Yeah, we're going to get into discussing that in Humans trailer, as well as Star Wars Forces of Destiny. This is the new short-form YouTube mini episodes that Disney slash Lucasfilm are releasing. These are canonical stories telling some of those stories in between the stories, in between even some of the takes that we do have in the movies from some of our female heroes in the Star Wars universe. And this is absolutely fantastic. I'm loving what they're doing here. These short three minute clips, they're awesome. I watch them with my daughter. She really kind of got into it even though she's only three years old. So this is again, another great avenue for Star Wars fans, for new Star Wars fans especially, to get into and explore some of these characters in a bit more depth. Yeah, permanent grin on my face as watching this. I'm just completely blown away. I was not expecting this. Yeah. From these, yeah. And like we always do with our podcast here, our weekly podcast, is we get into the news. But before doing that, we have a big announcement we'd like to make. I've been teasing this a bit on Twitter recently, and this is something that we've been working on in the background for the last month or two. And it's really about the effort that we always try to put into our brand, to the Nerd Room, to try to continue to evolve the product and bring the best content to the listeners and like-minded fans. So without further ado, the reveal of something that I've been teasing for a little while now, we've officially created a Nerd Room website. You can find it at thenerdroom.net. We're immensely excited to bring this to the listeners and to the Marvel, DC, and Star Wars fans alike. The whole purpose of it is fairly simple. We wanted a home site, a home base for the podcast. We want to expand that brand a bit, but also be a place where we can bring together some of the content from around the web. Now, whether that's trailers, comic books, podcasts, toy reviews, whatever. We want to bring that all into a single spot. And this is also a place where we can capture and expand on some of the thoughts that we do have on the podcast that may be better presented in written form. For example, toy reviews, which we're going to get into in a little bit here. The Smuggler's Bounty reviews that we've been doing. All this type of content we're trying to roll up into the website here. So we're immensely excited to bring this to you guys, and we'd love it if you'd go check it out. Again, that's thenerdroom.net. We've got it all designed up. There's specific spots for Marvel, DC, stores. We've trying to 
bring content to you written form. The podcasts are all up in there. We've kind of amalgamated all the trailers and release dates for movies and countdown to The Last Jedi. So we're trying to bring all of that together into one spot for you guys. So we'd really appreciate you to go check it out. We'd love your feedback. We'd love your questions, comments, whatever on the website itself and how we can make this a much more integrated site so that we can bring everything that you guys need into one spot, into one website. And to really celebrate the official launching of our website, again, that's the nerdroom.net, we're gonna be giving away a Spider-Man prize pack. And you can check out our Twitter feed or the website itself to see exactly what's going to be in this pack. We've kind of brought a few things together and being the Spider-Man Homecoming's out this week, we thought it appropriate to celebrate in this fashion. So what we have to do to enter into the Spider-Man prize pack for the celebration of our website is go to the contacts page, on our website that's in the about us tag and all you have to do in the response form is drop in your name email and in the subject heading write spider-man homecoming and click submit that's going to come directly to our email and we'll enter you all into a draw and then we'll do some sort of either live or podcast draw in two weeks time so we're gonna leave this open for two weeks and this is going to be actually kind of a cool little prize pack. We're going to hopefully have the IMAX poster in there for Spider-Man Homecoming, a few other things, some things that we've gathered up through the Marvel Collectors Corp. So there's going to be a whole little package there and we'll mail that to you wherever you are on the planet. So make sure to get into there and get into that draw to celebrate our website, the official launching of our website. So it's out there now and look for lots more content coming down the pipe. We've got people going to start contributing in the near future here. We're going to be, like I said, jumping into action figure reviews and expanding the page. This thing isn't static. This is a very fluid website. And we're going to continue to build this up to the point where we're bringing everything and all that content to you guys, listeners, and to you guys, the fans of Marvel, Star Wars, and DC. Good stuff. So keep it locked here as you uh, join us through this phase of, uh, I guess you could say phase 2.5. Yeah. The Nerd Room. Yeah, this is kind of like our civil war kind of yeah. like nerd room 2.5 ish yeah yeah so no disassembling going on here so <laughs> no. keep it locked right here at the nerdroom.net yeah nerdroom.net as troy said hop into that and we'd really appreciate you guys to go check it out and just give us a little feedback nothing more nothing less all right man well with that out of the way let's jump into some of the news let's kick it off with some collecting discussion we haven't gotten to this lately and i want to hear what are you finding on the pegs recently Recently, what have I got? You know, I went on a hunt the other day for some of that Marvel Legends uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Unfortunately, I came out short. I did manage to grab another um, Old Man Logan X-Men wave. Nice. Just just the one Old Man Logan because I'm working on a Cyclops mash with uh, the Old Man Logan jacket. You know, from the, the Jim Lee era where he's, he's rocking the coat over his 90s uh, trouser kind of look. So I'm going for that right now. And uh, yeah, again, I'm just collecting more um, stands to get some more poses for my figures. I opened up a couple Marvel Selects to go back, but I haven't really found anything. There's lots out there. I just haven't found anything yet. So uh, keep my eyes open for you as well, because I know you want to get that, that Vulture build a figure, build a, build a wing, yeah. I guess you could call it. <laughs> build a thing. <laughs> How about you? What have you collected? Well, man, I, I've completed out the wave one of the 40th anniversary black series you did it yes i did get wave one now wave two is dropping but there's reports already from hasbro that they're discontinuing wave one already the han solo and the r2 as well this wave two i don't know if it's going to hit as hard because of the peg warming 40th anniversary 
Ben's and Luke's that we had. So right now, I've only seen the Jawa, the Death Squad Commander, and C-3PO on the shelves. I've yet to see the Sand Person or the Tusken Raider, the Stormtrooper, Chewbacca, and they're up on the Walmart and ToysRUs.ca websites, but they're not in stock yet. So they're sitting there, so I'm relentlessly stalking those websites to see when they're finally going to pop up. I really, really want this wave. I want to complete out this line. It looks like this is where they're going to actually end it. They're not going to expand it beyond yeah, because of maybe the reception it's got, but the case packs are just crazy. Like I just, there's, and they're, they're not, the distribution isn't that great, but I'm hoping that in Canada here, we're just a bit behind because they are starting to show up on the websites and that. So that's a good indication that they're hopefully going to be landing in stores sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. Shoot. So they're discontinuing the the last wave. The so wave one. They'll yeah. go down in price, I guess. Then we'll go up in price, probably. Oh, they'll go up in price. Oh, in the store though. In the well, they're discontinuing from the distributor. Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. they're not going to ship any more. We'll get some clearances though. I'm yeah, sure on those Walmart's. on those maybe the original or the three that are peg one. Yeah, yeah. But the others that people are hunting be for. Jacked right up. Yeah, they're not going to be able to find any of them. Oh, that's tough. That Darth Vader 40th anniversary. It has the stand for. The whole wave, one and two, or is it just for the first wave? I think it's for the whole wave. It's for the whole wave, yeah. the Tusken Raider and all that yeah. stuff. Okay, so shoot, it's a must-have, so you got to complete that second wave. Definitely. But it's the Tusken Raider that's hard, and the Stormtrooper and the Chewie. Yeah, I yeah. didn't think the Chewie was going to be that hard to find. He hung out on the Walmart.ca website, and he continues to pop back on. Yeah. But it's really the C-3PO, the Stormtrooper, and the Tusken Raider. Yeah, because I see the C-3 with the yeah. silver leg, Yeah. right? But that's uh, the, in the 40th anniversary packaging? Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so that's the only one I've picked up. That's the only one you picked up. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Chewie, is it a repack from... I believe so. It'd the be Force a, Awakens? No, I think it's a repack from the original. I think it's the blue card 2014 wave. Black, uh, Black Series? Yeah, so yeah. it's probably not quite 2014. Maybe it is 2014. Okay. It's the blue box. Okay. So it's the second iteration of the Black Series. Okay, maybe in 2015. Yeah, because he was originally supposed to be packed in the orange box. Right. The orange box, the window in, the plastic window, was too small, and the Chewie didn't fit in the That's box. That's right, and they changed it after. Yeah, right? and they had to go change the box, and they get the repack of the Obi-Wan Kenobi Episode 3 That's in right. that as well. Yes. Okay. So I think it's a repack from there. It's not the same Chewie from The Force Awakens. The mold was a bit different, right. but going back to the original Chewie is probably the right way to go. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, shoot, that's unfortunate about um, about that. It's, it's it's hard, you know. These waves, we get this. We, we've mentioned it before here on the podcast that the uh, Ahsoka wave going forward, the Ahsoka formed by Luke at the time and Kanan, yeah. has a hard, hard wave to get, and then it had this renaissance and it came back, right? Much like Black Panther and the Marvel Legends, that yes. was super hard to find and it came back. But at the same time, you get things like the Revan wave. Good luck finding Revan. Yeah. You know, Bays and Shirt. Bays and Shirt. Never seen it. It's like it's no. like a myth. <laughs> Except I've seen it in this house. So. Yeah, I got two. I think they're <laughs> in my closet right now. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, you do get these like mythical legends that yeah. are not even legends. Mythical black series that yeah. just disappear. Yeah, and then you have other black series like the Darth Vader 40th anniversary package right. that sat around, and you end up getting two for the same two. price I paid for one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm the idiot that pulled the trigger on that way too quick. You end up getting them for $40 a piece. That's just it. But you just don't know. You just don't know. Right? Yeah. I, I think I'm forming a new black series rule here. Yeah. And the rule is going to be anything over the $35 price point, I'm sitting and waiting. Every single piece yeah. that I've ever bought, with the exception of the deluxe packages that had the Wampa and Luke and the Tauntaun and Han Solo, those are the only ones I've ever seen over that $30 price point that actually disappeared. Even the Java from that deluxe series sat around. The Scout Troopers with Speeders, 
that stuck around too for a little bit. That's when we still had Target here in Canada right, okay. and we got those pretty flush on the shelves. But everything over $30, when you look at the TIE Fighter that was a hundred and some odd dollars that I bought, yeah. this Vader that was 79 originally, even 59 people weren't buying it. Right. Uh, Starkiller Base. Star with Ray. Exactly. Starkiller Base, sorry. Yeah. yeah, that one stuck around. So anything really over that price point, even down to the three and three quarter inch when you got some of the more deluxe sets, when you get the ATST and all that, those stick around. So it seems that that $35 is the barrier for most collectors. They're not going over that. That's right. So from now on, I'm going to test it with the next big thing that comes out. Maybe because the next big thing that comes out might be the Ray with speeder. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I'm probably going to pull the trigger on that yeah. <laughs> one. But I'm just going to test this a little, this theory a little bit further down the road and just see when they release bigger deluxe things, if I sit on them and wait, if they will get discounted. That seems to be the trend going forward, and that's something I'm going to play with here in the future. That's right. Well, you heard it here first the Nerd Rube. Take notes, Tim's uh, guide for uh, Black Series hunting. Yeah, because I'm the one that's overspent on everything. <laughs> so maybe it should be more Troy's guide. <laughs> Sit and wait. I'm going to play the long game here, and that seems to have worked out for yeah, you a bit. not bad, not bad. <laughs> but one wave that I'm not going to play the long game on is this brand new Marvel Legends Thor Ragnarok wave. Hasbro just released images of this. So this is images before San Diego Comic-Con. So this is something I thought they were going to do then. But they released these to the public and holy crap do these look incredible. This wave is going to consist of a gladiatorial Thor from the trailer that we've seen, a Loki in his new costume, Hela, as well as Thor Jane Foster, we've got Thor Odin's son, the young Thor from the Jason Aaron wave, and we've got Ares. But the big kicker here, the Build-A-Figure for this wave is a gladiatorial Hulk from Thor Ragnarok. This figure looks absolutely fantastic. We've got the hammer, we've got the axe, the helmet, everything. Did you ever think that we we're going to get a Planet Hulk gladiatorial Build-A-Figure Marvel Legends? This is absolutely amazing i'm loving this it's it's bananas it's fresh off the press for me here because i just i just saw this over here in uh hall h the the nerd cave here the nerd <laughs> roof and uh man it, it just it just blew me away um hulk looks so freaking good and, and you know it totally makes sense too like why not make him the builder figure but this totally went under my radar because i wasn't even thinking about a uh, a thor marvel legends wave but man like the homecoming wave looks great and this thing looks even a step further. They're really picking it up here. Hasbro on the Marvel Legends side is fantastic. This hit me like the Thor trailer itself. Yeah. These these figures look so freaking good. And that build a figure, it's it's just like a what like a seven inch hot toy. It's yeah. crazy looking. It's yeah. it's awesome, man. Yeah. This is the first Thor franchise movie wave that we're actually getting. We don't have that many Thor iterations from the MCU. There have been a couple Thor comic book inspired waves yeah. but no thor movie waves and that's why this is so special is because we haven't really ever got a six inch loki we have a few iterations of the six inch thors from some of the combo packs that we got i think one was an amazon exclusive from age of ultron okay so there isn't really yeah. that much for thor out there at least for his sporting cast either right there were some six inch before the legends there were some six inch walmart exclusive Avengers figures that did have a Thor and a Loki in it. I'd never got my hands on right. them. They were like a US Walmart exclusive. Shoot, yeah. Never saw them. But this wave, like if you're not into the movie yet, this wave will get you there. Like I don't know how you're not into it based yeah. off that first trailer. Right. But this just makes this movie already so much more for me. This is way up on my most anticipated. I think number three I had at the start yeah. of the year. And this continues to just sit there. This is behind what was Guardians 
and so is the last jedi like i can't believe what i'm seeing here yeah no it's it's fantastic and the thing is with this pack this wave there's no filler characters like mm-hmm. everybody looks good hella like i might have to buy two hellas because she has the two the dual heads right yeah. she has the one with the mask with the crazy like antlers yeah and then the regular Kate blanchett face right yeah so uh geez i just can't get over how good they look i really really want to get my hands on that hella figure so. yeah and there is a two pack a thor and valkyrie two pack that will be available as a target exclusive okay. so that's going to be a bit harder to get here north of the border because the yeah. target exclusives don't usually land anywhere ex- except for maybe eb games we maybe. may see it that's true so hopefully we can get our hands on that because i'd like to get that valkyrie figure yeah the, the thor is somewhat of a repack it doesn't have the painted face it doesn't have the helmet i don't believe it has the short hair hey? yeah it's the short hair both have the short hair okay also yeah. the other one you could take the helmet off the standalone thor, i think so yeah comes on and off. okay so yeah it's looking real and he good. has the helmet you heard it here he has yeah. the helmet going on this is uh, crazy uh, it's awesome i'm yeah. i'm really looking forward to what we have for Marvel Legends. We've got the Spider-Man Homecoming wave. Hopefully it hits hard. Yeah. We've got the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 second That's wave right. that we're still waiting for that has the Mantis Builder figure. So we're going to be able to fill out a good chunk of the MCU Guardians. And then we're getting this Thor wave later on. Like, this is huge. Like, I've got all of the Marvel Legends right here in front of us laid out from Winter Soldier. That's really when they started hitting hard. And that's yeah. when I started collecting them. So I've got the, the Age of Ultron, the Civil War, the Guardians, all of it lined out here. And I can't wait to one day when I have a good chunk of these and the ability to set them up on a big shelf. Right. So, yeah, even the Builder figures have been... They've nailed it every single time. Yeah. We've got the Hulkbuster, the Groot, the, the Ultron from Age of Ultron. The giant man. Dad, the giant man. Yeah. Like, they're all amazing. And they're all MCU focused. And yeah. that's what's killed my wallet. But I, I just have to get them. Like, they, they all are that good. They are. And, and these builder figures, you know, they, they keep gaining each time from building Vulture's wings to now building Planet Hulk. And then the builder figure you mentioned before with um, the, uh, the Iron Man, the uh, Hulkbuster. They're, they're fantastic. And these waves, they just keep stepping up a notch every time. Yeah. It's crazy. And they're getting more and more movie focused. Yeah. It seemed to be when we started, there was the Winter Soldier wave that had three figures, had Winter Soldier, Cap, and Black Widow. And then the rest were split over the comic. There seemed to be leaning now more towards the movie, which is where I'm at. Yeah. That's what I want to see more of. And for comic book legends collectors, they might not favor that too much but the way that the movies are going and the content we're getting from them i think this is the way that hasbro needs to go to get people back into these legends yeah i don't want to see these kind of hanging out in the shelf to the point where they start to pull back on the movie legends yeah. and we get more of the comic book legends yeah and the thing with the movie legends too they just display so much better you know because the characters all just blend that much more yeah. well together as opposed to when you get these mismatched characters like the beetle and then like a tombstone yeah which is kind of floating around right now in the uh, homecoming wave i wish it was just all mcu characters in that one yeah but Still, can't complain. I really do like the direction that Marvel Legends Hasbro is going here. Yeah, they are killing it. Yes. <laughs> and speaking about new directions and directions of franchises, let's slide over to Star Wars. We had the release this week of Forces of Destiny. Now, this is a new type of formatting for Star Wars, for Lucasfilm. This is a canonical animated miniseries that are two to three minutes long, and they're debuting on the Disney YouTube channel. And this is something that was announced back at Celebration, and this is going to be exploring some of those in-between stories from some of our female heroes in the Star Wars universe. It began on July 3rd, and they're going to be running a single episode a day up until July 9th, and we had the opportunity to watch the first two episodes, one being titled The Sands of Jakku, and the other titled BB-8 Bandits. 
Now, what is really cool about this series is that the original actresses are coming back to reprise their roles as the animated characters. So we're getting Daisy Ridley, Felicity Jones, Ashley Eckstein, Lupita Nyong'o. They're all returning here to voice the characters that they brought to life in the films. We've even got Vanessa Marshall, which plays Hera, and Tyra Sikar that plays Sabine. It's fantastic to know that these people are that committed to these roles that they're coming back to do these two to three minute shorts. So they're in the studio for a day, I guess. Yeah. But it's really cool to have the actual actresses' voices behind these characters, even just going into it. Yeah, it, it, it's super exciting. And, uh, you know, especially going forward with uh, Felicity Jones, I'm excited for it because Rogue One, it's still not its not one of my favorite Star Wars films, but it's great that we're going to get more time with this character, Jyn Orso. I've done Catalyst and I have i have yet to read her other book, but I feel like we needed more time with that character in that movie. So having these little um, serial kind of events going on, these these cartoons, mini episodes, if you will, is, is really great. And I think it'll flesh out the characters that much more so. Yeah, definitely. And coming with this series is also going to be a toy line and also tie-in books. Um, that's not something I'm going to jump into, yeah. but again, it's a nice little bridge for newcomers to Star Wars, for people that are fans of these characters to get a little bit more depth behind them, as well as step into something a bit different. It might bring people into collecting, it might bring people into the books, and they might start exploring different avenues of Star Wars through these individualized media types. So I'm really excited to see this. And let's discuss quickly the, the first two episodes that we were able to watch here. And by the time this drops, there'll be two more episodes. But right. we'll talk about them a bit next week. So the shorts actually open with a voiceover by Lapita Nyong'o's Maze Katana, which is really cool. Because when I first started watching it, I totally forgot the, that she was reprising the role. And I was like, wow, that sounds a lot like Maze. <laughs> she kind of introduces the title of this. And then we jump right into the episode. And the first episode, titled The Sands of Jakku, it picks up after Rey rescues BB-8 from Tito. And we get Ray fending off what's called the Night Watcher Worm, which we did see pop up its head in the sands. You got the two red eyes in The Force Awakens briefly. So again, picking up on the canonical aspect of this little short. And what it's trying to do is devour BB-8 and get to see the full body of this thing, how big it actually is. It feels a bit much sometimes, but again, it's an animated short, yep. so I'm rolling with it here. I'm actually really enjoying this. And one thing that's really interesting about this short, more so than anything else, is that we see Ray unknowingly using the Force. There seems to be three instances here where she does use the Force, and the score itself even slows down a bit, and you get a bit of that Force Awakens score kind of twisted into here to make you feel like, yes, yeah, something actually is going on here. Yeah. She, when she catches the staff, when it comes out of the, the Night Watcher Worm's mouth, right. There's when she's following the Night Watcher worm in the sand. This is where they really focus in on it. Oh, yeah. And then there's a direct reference to it when BB asks her, how did you find me in the sand with the Night Watcher worm? And she says, I guess I'm just lucky. Right. So this is pretty cool. This is way before she has an inclination that the Force is even real. Yes. Let alone that she's actually using it. So this has a bit of a feel of Anakin Skywalker in the pod racing, kind yeah. of the reflexes and all that, unknowingly using the Force. For sure. Yeah. For sure. She she comes off very Obi-Wan-like too, though, because she just has this sense of... She has this history on Jakku, this confidence towards her. And um, man, I really like what they do here. It feels so reminiscent of uh, the first Clone Wars series that we got. That was like the Samurai Jack yeah. 
kind of art style and it just feels right at home and i can't wait to get more of these episodes i really like what they're doing here with ray i'm kind of glad we didn't see this stuff in the movie because it would have been a little too much like okay she's a jedi she's a jedi it's yes. nice now knowing the fact that we do know that she's a jedi and we get to see these little in-betweens with her and daisy really man she does not phone it in whatsoever she's so good at lending her voice on these episodes i love what she does here it just i just want to watch force awakens now yeah these are great in hindsight yes. with a movie like like you said you can't have these in the movie or before no. because at this point i think and even in the force awakens yeah. having not watched any of the trailers and not seen that brief spoiler with the action figure with her with the lightsaber right. i didn't know that ray was the jedi or the force sensitive individual in the film right so yeah you can't do anything like no. this because you you automatically give away everything and this is again this is kind of filler that you don't really need it doesn't really do much other than lend to the fact that yes she is a force user right. but it's nice going back to this yes Yes. And then the second episode, it is titled BB-8 Bandits. This again is picking up with Ray and BB-8 on Jakku. This was actually screened at Celebration this year. And the episode really focuses in and around Ray fleeing Tito and his gang of thugs as they're trying to take back BB-8. They pursue Ray through the ship graveyard. We get this really exciting chase sequence and it's followed up with the return of the Nightwatcher Worm. So this yes. is another really, really fun episode. It's, it's quick it, and it kind of gets to the point and it explores that idea of i always thought why did tito just give away bb right. like he just kind of walked away <laughs> and it's cool to see them revisiting that he actually came back around yeah. they have this chase sequence she leads him to the night watcher worm and he loses his bike and all that so it kind of wraps a little of that up for me yeah no i like it too and, and a cool thing with this episode is the, is the scale of things you know you see i think you see the superstar story or at least they go through it yeah they do it yeah yeah so it's really cool to see that and it just it works so well in this animated form so yeah another great episode yeah. So do we know if we're going to get a week's worth of Ray's adventures here on Jakku? I'm assuming because they're releasing from the 3rd to the ninth, so six episodes. Yeah. So I'm assuming they're going to 2, 2, and 2. Okay. So I'm not sure who's up next, but I'm right. assuming it's going to focus in and around a new character, whether that's yeah. Sabine or Hera or Leia or right. whomever. Okay. So I, I, I'm guessing that's the way it's going to go. I don't know exactly how many characters it's focusing in on, but there's 16 episodes. So I'm guessing each uh, hero gets two episodes. Right. That right. would kind of make sense. Cool. So what are your overall thoughts here on the animation, the score, and the fact that it's canonical material? Absolutely love it. And you know what, what the cool thing is, is that um, it's it's canon, which is great, but it doesn't ask too much of your time. You know, it's this quick little two, three minutes, you know, so you can still enjoy your Thrawn books out there. And you yeah. can still enjoy your comics and your movies and video games and not waste too much time and just get the little grasp. But at the same time, it reaches the kids, you know, mm -hmm. especially with these attention spans that they have these days. So it's great for them to just dive into and, and open up this world of Star Wars. The animation, again, I love this because I'm a big fan of that old Clone Wars art style. And they were pretty short episodes too. And this just feels like a nice continuation, you know, like a, like a nice predecessor to those. So that's cool. What else do I like? The score, John Williams. They this nailed is it. great. Yeah. They use it. They, they just sprinkle it in there just enough. You know, and I just can't wait to see more. I, I can't wait to see um, with that trailer. We do see a little clip of Anakin and Yoda. So I'm guessing we're getting flashbacks in with inside of these episodes, I'd assume, because they're focusing on the females. I think Padme gets an episode. So Padme gets an episode. Yeah. So that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Huh. Can't wait. Yeah. And the fact that we're going to explore some of Hera and Leia in the future together. Right. Okay. So with this being done, um, we're out there now. And then we have that... Well, the ending, the final season of Rebels, season four coming out. Where do they go with animation here, do you think? I really don't know. I'm hoping that at D23, we get a little insight towards that. Right. Because they have to, or they may even wait till after Rebels is done. 
Yeah. Because it may lead out of that. We may get into something like Hera's Heroes or something like that right. coming at the back end of this. I really don't know where they go with this. Right. But this might be a little venture into what we can do in the future. We might see them focusing these kind of short animation stories in on different characters throughout the universe and doing a bit more of a kind of what they're doing in this novel about from a certain point of view and exploring right. the background characters a bit and just doing a bit more storytelling in and out of the nooks and crannies and expanding the universe a bit more through shorts. Yeah. Like these are like comic book one shots more or less. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of the trend in animation right now. I mean, we have the end of the ultimate Spider-Man series and it's now going in towards kind of basing itself around the homecoming look. And it's just a quick episode nothing major um same with teen titans go they've done the same thing where it's like kids can just kind of tune in get their their fulfillment of these these cartoons and just one and done you know so it seems the way of animation these days so they might do that yeah well hopefully we'll get some insight in d23 because this year star wars is not going to be present at san diego comic-con they didn't show up last year and they're not showing up this year this is really to no surprise we have d23 the week before this is a disney focused convention and this seems to be the way they're leaning with marvel with star wars is that they're going to do any announcements or, or footage release at their own convention and not have it at san diego it is a bit disappointing from a san diego comic-con being the nexus of nerd right but at the same time, it's kind of cool that you get a choice here. Like, if I was to go to a convention, this is in Disneyland or close to Disneyland down the road. We've got Star Wars and Marvel and Pixar and all that going to be there. So this, to me, seems like it's going to start to rival San Diego Comic-Con. Maybe not on scale right. and content, but at least for the franchises I'm into, D23 seems like it's going to be the place to be. Yes, Yes, I would say so. And it, and it makes sense. It's, it's the path they've been going down. And, you know, it would kind of be a little bit of overkill if we did get, you know, the celebration, the D23, and a uh, Comic-Con, San yeah. Diego Comic-Con uh, appearance as well. So I, I like the route that they're going. And, and like you mentioned to me before, before we started recording here, we're still going to get the comics, like the appearance of Marvel yeah. and the figures Hasbro. So it's okay by me. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a big thing to keep in mind. Lucasfilm did put out a statement that there's going to be... None of their movies, there's going to be cast showing up or anything like that. But we have to remember that we're going to have Hasbro. They're going to be announcing what we're going to see probably up until The Last Jedi's release for the Force Friday stuff. We're going to get some indication from the comic books. We're going to get some indications from Delray books as well. They're all present at Celebration, but they usually like to save something for Comic-Con. So I'm excited to see what's coming. We might get a new The Last Jedi lead-in comic or or book or something to that effect. Right. Like It was around this time. I think we got Catalyst announced last year. Yeah. So I'm hoping even though we're not getting the film content, we're still going to get some of that universe content, including the collecting side. And with D23, which takes place on July 14th through 16th, they did release the lineup and what is going to be actually appearing at the expo this year. And it looks like Friday, the 14th, is going to be the Pixar and Animations panel. So we're going to see what's coming down the pipe for as far as the animation and all that. So that's something that our kids are going to be into. But Saturday is really where it's at. July 15th, this is the Disney, Marvel Studios, and Lucasfilm live action panel. So this takes place at 10 a.m., I believe, West Coast time. And what this is going to be, this is going to be a presentation of never-before-seen footage. We're going to have surprise star appearances. We're going to get some behind-the-scenes glimpse, maybe similar to what we got with Rogue One last year. This is where we're going to see, if we're going to see anything, as far as Last Jedi and Han Solo news, or footage at least, this is where we're going to see it. Right. Do you think we're actually going to get a Last Jedi trailer or some sort of footage of Han Solo. Oh, this is a tough one. You know, if we were to go back, let's say two weeks ago, 
I yeah. would say for sure we're going to see some Han Solo footage. But now it could go either way. I mean, maybe they'll show us something just to kind of cool the heels of everybody and be like, it's okay. You know, we got the situation under control. I I just don't know. I, a part of me thinks no. I think we we might get more Last Jedi, Last Jedi stuff um, as opposed to the Han Solo. I also throw it out there. I'm never I'm never right with these predictions, but I think we might get um, Indiana Jones. We might get some Indiana Jones news because they already announced that they are doing an Indiana Jones yeah. movie. So why not throw in some kind of inkling out there that uh, we are getting some kind of Harrison Ford <laughs> appearance? Maybe who knows? Interesting. I didn't yeah. really think about that. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. What do you think? Well. I think what we're going to get is probably some sort of behind the scenes from The Last Jedi. For sure. I think something like that. Not a full trailer, but some new reveals on footage, maybe characters or whatever. Right. Han Solo, I don't think we're going to see any footage. I agree with you that maybe what they need to do is say, look, guys, it's fine. There is footage we can use that was shot before. Here it is. Yeah. But what I think they're really going to do is have Ron Howard standing on set with something behind him, whether it's a creature or troopers or whatever. Wookie planet. Yeah, yeah, something wandering around in behind him and he's going to be talking like, look guys, I'm really excited for all this and you know, this is what we're doing, this is what's going on because he's been teasing a lot. Like he's just been showing videos that this is a closed set and he's been throwing stuff in the garbage. Because right. he got this. a round of applause for appearing on set, didn't he? Yeah. That's, that's the, the rumor yeah. that's out there, right? So you remember when they did The Force Awakens, they had J.J. Abrams when he's doing that Omaze or whatever, the, the Force for Change. Yes. And he was kind of kneeling down there on set at Jakku and the, that one creature kind of walked up. Something like that okay. I think they're going to do with Ron Howard. Okay, yeah, that'd make a lot of sense. Yeah, just to be like, look, I'm on set. Things are cool, guys. Don't worry, I've got this handled. Right. That's what they need to do. They just need to pull people back and say, cool it. We're good. This movie's going to be fine. Yeah. Not to worry. This is going to feel like a Star Wars film because that's going to be on the top of everyone's mind. That's what people want. They want that comfort from this movie yes. just to feel like it's, it's we're not in panic mode. Right. Yes. Don't so, push the red button yet. No, not yet. Yeah. I think Kathleen Kennedy's got this. I have the utmost faith in Lucasfilm. Sure. They and haven't failed this yet? No, they haven't. And yeah. I really don't think they're going to do it here. In worst case, they push the movie back six months. Right. But I think they need something like that just to be like, we're good. Yes. Now, from the Marvel side of things, we got Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, and Avengers Infinity War. Those are the next movies to debut onto screen from the MCU. Do you think we're going to get additional trailers, behind-the-scenes footage, appearances? What are your thoughts on those three movies? I think we'll definitely get some Black Panther. Yeah. Because that will need a push. I know a lot of people loved him in Civil War, which is great. But I think he will need the most push. The Avengers are safe. They don't need anything. Mm-hmm. you know. So I think the Avengers won't show up. I think it's going to be Ragnarok. So it's going to be Thor. I think it's going to be Black Panther. Kind of like what they did with Doctor Strange last year, right? They kind of showed... Was it, I think it was last year. They showed a little bit of his design of his costume. Maybe yeah. that was the year before. Well, there's this Marvel Pavilion thing that also takes place on the Sunday. Right. Which is usually when they have the costume set up. I think we saw last year. I don't know if it was here at San Diego Comic-Con where they had the, the gladiatorial Hulk helmet and the axe and all oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have seen the past where they had Doctor Strange's outfit. Yeah, that's So we're going to see of. that at this pavilion. Oh, okay. And so sometimes we get a bit more insight into a character or a design. I don't know if, when they showed the ego stuff either. Remember they showed the eagle costume for the first right. time? Is that some sort of convention? Yeah. So it might be a reveal like that where we see the new Black Panther suit or something to that effect. Right. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still think it's going to be um, for the Marvel side. Yeah. So I still think they're going to give Black Panther a push and Thor a push. I think they'll calm down on the Avengers stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I agree with the Thor push. We just yeah. got the Black Panther trailer. Yes. So I'm thinking that we might get them trotted out a bit to say, hey, you know, this is the cast. Here's Ryan Coogler. 
But I think Avengers Infinity War. They've nice. been filming this. We've been getting a lot of set images from Robert Downey Jr. Right. We got that image of him and Benedict Cumberbatch on set together, as well as Mark Ruffalo is in the yes, picture. Yes, that's the one. You know, we've got reports that Chadwick Boseman was on set. We've got that little clip from Chris Hemsworth when he's playing with all the action figures. That was hilarious, fantastic. So all these guys have been on set. We know that Chris Pratt has filmed his, his, at least from Avengers Infinity War Part 1. So they have a lot of footage there. And they've been teasing this movie for so long. We got a trailer for this like two, three years ago. It's still one of my most favorite trailers of all time. And it's really just a compilation of scenes from different movies voiced over by Nick Fury and Odin. Like It's so good. And that's the first time that we got... Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet kind of closing his fist. Iconic. It looked amazing. Like, they just need something like that. I think they need to show a bit of Thanos or something just a little bit. It doesn't need to be more than 10, 15 seconds of footage with just boom, we get the title card or, or just even some sort of reveal. I don't know. They need to do a little something to start to build that momentum. I know it's in May. It's still a year or less than a year away. But being that Thor is going to seed some of this and then we're going to Black Panther... I think they just need to get this hype train going and get people on board with the next Avengers movie is coming next May. They did something, I think, the year or two before when they announced Chadwick Boseman playing Black Panther. Yeah. I think that was at September. Was yeah, that? that was that. I think it's at the El Capitan yeah, Theater. where in they California there. Yeah, where they just said, here's our slate. So do you think we could possibly get Avengers even slated that, or, or pushed then? Or even something small? Could we even get Brie Larson's costume? Because she's going to be in this movie, yeah. I assume, right? I don't know if she'll be in the start of it, but she may really? pop up. I don't really know. Yeah, That's a good point. We may get Captain Marvel stuff. We With the get, success yeah. of Wonder Woman, they may try to exactly. capitalize off the point. back end of that. Exactly. Right? If say, they pushed her costume even yes. or... Who knows? Concept art for concept art. I yeah. that's a good That'd point. We're gonna get concept art for Captain Marvel. I hope so. They have to play off the back end of Wonder Woman here. Yeah, they, they have to. They have to. And her Marvel now costume has been fantastic. Yeah. To see that in the cinematic universe would just be incredible. So oh, like give me goosebumps. Yeah, yeah right. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that make a lot of sense with uh, the back end of Wonder Woman. Yeah, Brie Larson. Ah, there you go. And we're also probably going to get a look, too, at D23 here at the construction of Star Wars Land. I'm assuming they've made some progress since the last update they've given. And this would be a perfect forum, being that it is in and around Disneyland. We're close. We're in California here to give a progress update on Star Wars Land. I'm really looking forward to this. And I really hope we get a little bit more insight into what they're doing there. And maybe some footage behind the scenes of what we're going to see from some of the main rides. Right, the cantina. Ah, there's an Avatar world as well, right? Yeah, that opened. It it did open already. Yeah. Okay, so they don't need to push that at all. No, I think that's in Animal Kingdom in Orlando. Right. Apparently, it's incredible. That's what I would hear. But who's the studio behind uh, Avatar? Universal, maybe? It's funny how it ended up in Disney. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. But you have to think, too. Star Wars was under Fox for distribution and that. Right. But it landed at Disneyland in, like, whenever it was. The 80s. 80s. That's true. That's true. And, yeah, and there was also Marvel stuff at... Universal. Universal, but it was some Marvel stuff at Disney as well. There was. Yeah, yeah prior to the buyout. Time. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, you do get some of that cross-pollination, I yeah. think, here. It's it's basically just, maybe it can't be Universal, because Avatar then it would, would be, be a Universal, Universal yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Is it Paramount, maybe? Maybe it is Paramount. I don't know. Yeah. doesn't matter. I don't know. No. I haven't revisited the movie I, I don't know. But, hey, for you guys listening out there, let us know. Write it yeah. down in the chat boards. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, go over to our website and send there us an email. <laughs> Thunderroom.net. Right. <laughs> Speaking about Marvel here, let's let's slide over to a Marvel Studios or a Marvel Films that isn't going to be at D23. They will probably be at San Diego Comic-Con, though, and that's Fox. 
Fox has three movies coming out next year. They're pushing their Marvel Universe in a big way. We have New Mutants on April 13th, 2018, Deadpool 2 on June 1st, which is now filming. We're starting to get set photos from that, as well as X-Men Dark Phoenix on November 2nd, 2018. So we have a big slate next year from Fox's Marvel Universe. And to get ahead of the game, 20th Century rolled out six mystery Marvel movie dates through 2021. So we're getting box office scheduling for Fox Marvel movies three years in advance. So we have two movies in 2019 falling on June 7th and November 22nd. In 2020, there's three movies, March 13th, June 26th, and October 2nd. And in 2021, we have March 5th. So noticeably here, Fox are staying away from the big months. We have nothing in May, nothing in July, nothing in December. And that's really no surprise to me. We've seen a lot of success with Logan and Deadpool yeah. in March and February. And they seem to be sticking in and around this time frame, I think, here. Right. What do you think any of these six movies could be, keeping in mind that Deadpool 2, X-Men Dark Phoenix, and New Mutants are already on the schedule? They're not included in these six movies. Well, unfortunately, I think one of these movies, and it puts the nail in the coffin for my idea of Phase 4, Fantastic Four. Unfortunately, I think one of these is Fantastic Four. You I know, agree. in order to keep the rights, they got to have one of these movies greenlit. It can still be untitled, but it most likely is one of these Fantastic Four movies. And I've heard whispers they want to do the Fantastic Four's babies, like Franklin Richards. Yeah. And uh, it's just like, Fox, let it go. Give it back to MC, to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, please. So I think one of those is, is a Fantastic Four movie. I agree. Yeah. Um, another one definitely has to be a uh, Deadpool 3, I yeah. imagine. And uh, we'll probably get another X-Men film. Definitely. Like some sure. sort of sequel to Dark Phoenix. Or yeah. if, I don't know if they're going to split that into two. Right. Maybe. I don't know. Because right. it's a big story. That's right. And, you know, depending on uh, the success of this Dark Phoenix, it's going to be the first uh, cosmic kind of... Uh, film that they'll, they'll do to compete with other superhero franchises like Guardians of the Galaxy depending on the success of that film they might do something ambitious at Fox's and maybe give us a Silver Surfer standalone be... they could go in a completely different direction wow, and give us that... a Silver Surfer you're on point today yeah. man like, that's that's a good idea <laughs> that'd be kind of cool to just get away from the Fantastic Four stuff give us a Silver, Silver Surfer film see how that does and then you can maybe even lead us into the Fantastic Four but if they could go that route I think that'd get a lot of people on the train the Fox train yeah, because yeah. if, if you think about who they've got, they've got Silver Surfer, yeah. Galactus, Annihilus, the Kree, I think they share rights with Marvel Studios. Yes. The Scrolls as well. They have more of them. I think, yeah, they share those rights, right? Yeah, because that's scroll. all part of the Fantastic Four. Because that's yeah. one thing about the Fantastic Four that really has never been highlighted in film is that the original comic book origins are very cosmic in nature. Yes. You look at the majority of the 60s, 70s Marvel cosmic, it falls under the Fantastic Four banner. Oh, yeah. And so that's why Guardians is limited in some ways to what they can actually put in. Right. And there's some debate, did they actually own Ego and all this, right? That's right. I think they traded for They Ego. traded uh, yeah. the powers of uh, the, the character in Deadpool, uh, Negasonic Teenager. Yeah, yes, the name the power. and powers. Yeah, yeah exactly. To yeah, for to get Ego. Ego. Yeah, so you trade. look at what what Fox has got there. They've probably got a lot of characters and the ability to make a really cool cosmic movie. They but it's good. finding the character center around. Exactly. I'm not sold on the fact that Silver Surfer would be the character focusing around. Right. I really don't know what you do there. Yeah. But maybe you could send these kids off into space and that would you be could. different. I you don't think you, you, you could go so cosmic and far away too at the same time because, you know, you basically have 
whichever planet Silver Surfer was from, Galactus takes over. He's about to destroy the planet, but then Silver Surfer, I forgot his real name, um, sacrifices himself to be the um, the the uh, herald the herald for um, for Galactus, and then he forgets everything about that planet to save that planet, and then he goes on these missions, and then he. He's he's a bad guy working for Galactus, but then he could turn good. There's a, there's a lot they could do, and and they could separate themselves so far away from everything else. It, yeah. it could totally be a standalone, which they've proven with Deadpool in a way too. So they've got enough characters with the X Men and Fantastic Four that they could build their own MCU ish type universe where they right. could have different characters doing different things. They don't need to focus right in on the X-Men all the time. They can exactly. have a Guardians-esque type franchise. They can have your Deadpool. There's going to be the X-Force, which could be your Avengers type assembling of right. these darker characters, whether it's Gambit, Deadpool. We've got Cable coming in, in Deadpool 2 with yes. Josh Brolin. So there's a lot they could do there. They just need to structure this properly. Yeah. My fear is that there's too many movies here. Yes. That they're trying to do this too quickly. You look at how Marvel did it and how DC's doing it. They're doing one movie a year, two movies a year. Yeah. You know, they go through some stumbling and some issues. They pull back and do one movie a year. They're just trotting out three movies next year, two the following, and then three in 2020. Right. So this is a lot to get done. So a lot of these have to go into production. And if they're trying to construct a universe around this that is continuous, there's a lot of oversight that they need on these movies. And I really don't think they're going to get that here. That's just it. And I know you and I are big on continuity and Fox has been struggling with that rate so yeah. we'll see yeah it's, it's interesting that they've claimed all these dates and i'm excited they're gonna get these movies but as long as they keep going down this path with deadpool and logan and they kind of fix this x-men franchise yeah because i like at the end of apocalypse how they had the 90s looking characters they did, yeah. and they really need to nail this dark phoenix if they want the x-men franchise to continue this movie has to land if one of these slots are reserved for a follow-up to that in that franchise Dark Phoenix has to be a standout movie. It really does, because they failed the last two attempts, kind of, yeah. with portraying the Phoenix there. So Yeah, they have, really. Yeah. And speaking about Marvel, sticking with Marvel for the rest of this episode, we have the debut of the Inhumans trailer. This is that IMAX ABC special event that's going to be dropping on September 1st on IMAX screens and September 29th as a 10-episode series hitting on ABC on September 29th, 2017. And one thing about the Inhumans here is that their history in the MCU or as part of the MCU is probably the most turbulent out of any franchise or any property to date. They were once slated to have a theatrical release in November of 2018. Right. So that is would have been next year. And that was quickly shifted to July 12th, 2019. Now this is in the wake of Spider-Man returning to the MCU. And in its original release date, that November date that would have fallen in between Avengers Infinity War and Avengers 4 so this would have been a big movie a big linchpin movie between those two event style movies and originally in 2014 when that came out one of the things that I had thrown out there was that I thought at the end of Avengers Infinity War we're going to get the Terriginum bomb going off and this would set off the events that would lead into the Inhumans the movie right and then we'd pick that up again in avengers 4 having the humans being part of this whole group that's going after thanos oh like an uncanny avengers of some sort yeah something right. to that effect yeah. but that's not happening <laughs> i was really hoping they were going to kind of parallel that 2013 infinity comic book event because oh. that's really what kicked off the humans as we know them today yeah. the terrigenum bomb going off with black bolt sending it off over 
New York. Right. And that kicked off this huge push for the Inhumans into what we have now is three or four books. They're integrated like the X-Men used to be. Yeah. We have the Uncanny Inhumans. Yeah. They're part of the Avengers Unity Squad. They have their own books. Karnak had a book for a while. I think Black, Black Bolt, Bolt has a book. A book now, Medusa yeah. had a book for a bit yeah. there. So everyone's kind of getting their, their share of the limelight. But the Inhumans in the MCU is a completely different story because they were set to get their theatrical debut in 2018. And now that's been completely removed. We're no longer getting an Inhumans movie set in the MCU continuity. It's been shifted to this TV series, this TV theatrical release style of event. Yeah. But really, if the MCU is, is truly canonical in nature with everything, it's all connected, as they say, the Inhumans actually made their first appearance towards the back half of the second season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And this was in 2014. Right, during the Winter Soldier push. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And the storyline in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's, it's been somewhat of a hit and miss, but they've had quite a bit of freedom to do what they want and tell the stories they want while noticeably staying away from Adelan and the royal family. Okay. So there's been no real mention of that. But right. they've actually explored the idea of Kree being the race that, that genetically modified humans. And that's oh, okay. how we got the Inhumans. We had the pterygium bomb of sorts going off right. with it being set off in the ocean and they get fish oil. And, and so we get all, all the cocoons and all that, people transforming. So they had quite a bit of leash to do what they wanted to do in the Agent of the Shield series. It really made you think that they weren't going to do a movie ever because of how much leeway they gave the writers and creators in Age of the Shield to do with the Inhumans. They're basically telling the Inhumans story without telling the royal family. Right. So with this Inhumans TV series now, we've got Agents of the Shield, we've got the cinematic universe. This seems to be the bridge between the two of them. Yes. Being that we're going on IMAX and then to TV. So this is going to be a real test, I think, for the MCU and for continuity and this idea that it's all connected. Because this in humans has to be acknowledged in Agents of the Shield or vice versa. Right. And to some degree, it has to be acknowledged in the MCU. So without that, we're starting to teeter on the edge here of a universe that's too big for itself. They need to start acknowledging in the Inhumans TV event the idea that humans are on Earth already yeah. in Agents of the Shield, as well as something bigger that's going on on the planet as with regards to either Thanos the Infinity War or the Avengers or something. They need to acknowledge that, I think, in all of this. Yes. If they don't do that, I think we're, like I said, we're starting to get to the point where continuity is being really strained. Yes. This one worries me uh, quite a bit, This this what they're planning here. Do we know with this IMAX deal, we're getting just two episodes in IMAX and then everything else is like another 10 episodes on TV? Yeah, so I think what it's going to be is the first two episodes are filmed in IMAX and are going to debut on IMAX. Right. And then there's eight more episodes, but the first two episodes are going to re-air on ABC right. starting on September 29th. Yeah. And then it'll be a 10-week or 12-week or whatever they want to do with a bit of a break there. Right. Showing the rest of the episodes. Yeah, this this one this one's tricky. And I, we've mentioned this before. I mean, um, you're, you're kind of asking a lot for the audience to watch this show in the TV world, but then also connect it to the movie-verse as well, right? It's never really been done before. Um, Game of Thrones is one thing, but it's just kind of like a bonus to watch yeah. these in, in theater. So I don't know. I, I'm hoping that I'm rooting for its success because I really think all the seeds are there. If we get a big hit and it works with IMAX and ABC, yeah, then we could potentially get the cool push for maybe like um, 
what were they called? Like like a dark Marvel universe where we could get like Blade yes. and we could get Ghost Rider who's already been planted in the ABC uh, Shield yeah. show, right? And we could get Moonlight. We could get all these guys together and do the same kind of thing, but even better. I'm hoping so because I mean, Blade's already had a standalone film, so there's obviously an audience already there. If we can get a push now, combining the TV audience. And the IMAX audience, that that would be great. So I'm rooting for it on all levels. I just don't know if it can be done. No. So we'll we'll see. And that's true because this trailer, it, it needed to hit hard. Yeah. Because there was a lot of questioning going into this because the posters didn't look great. No. The, the images that we got in Entertainment Weekly or whatever it was with the royal family, their costumes didn't look great. Yeah, Medusa's, Medusa's hair. hair. Yeah. So they really need to show us something here. And going into it, I was always a cautiously optimistic wait and see. Yeah. I'm never going to doubt Marvel until I get there and I'm like, eh, you know, I got to watch the first right. couple episodes. Iron Fist. Exactly. Yeah. The trailer needs to hit. Like I've always said about that is that if you don't have two minutes of good footage in 10 episodes of filming, then right. something's wrong here. Yeah. And we did get that, that first trailer here. What are your overall thoughts, high level, before we get into some of the details on this trailer? Did it raise your anticipation level for the Inhumans TV cinematic event. It still hasn't. No. Unfortunately, it's, it still hasn't from the, like, like you mentioned, from the posters that we've seen and through this trailer. And I, I was hoping this trailer would give me something. I'm, I'm still not into it. I, I don't, just don't know if because I've, I've just never really been into the Inhumans because I feel like they've had a hard time pushing them in the comics lately yeah. too, except when you go back to that Infinity Run there, which was what, 2013 yeah. when they we planned that. Either than that, I haven't really been feeling it. Um, and I don't want to make the comparisons to like, it's like the, the poor man's X-Men for Marvel. Like I don't want to go there. Just as a brand, I'm just not um, engaged with these characters yet. I'm fully there with you. Yeah. And I will say this trailer did a little more for me than I was expecting. Right. It brought me closer to this property. I had a really hard time and I really tried to get into the Inhumans after the 2013 Infinity event. Yeah. I could never sink my teeth into it. I could never get far enough into it. Yeah. And so they've become kind of background characters for me now. And being that they had a somewhat good storyline in ages of shield i can appreciate them more but they're not characters that i'm like oh i know that character in ages of shield this makes that that much better yes these are characters that if they had shown up in ages of shield i would have been like holy crap black bolts is on ages of shield right but we're not getting that there no. so they're getting that here the overall aesthetic and look to this it's still not on the level that I think an IMAX should be. Whether or not they should have waited to debut this trailer until they had those IMAX scenes done, crisp and cut. Yeah. Like they should have shown Medusa's hair. They should have shown a bit more of the action and a bit more of those IMAX scenes. All these feel like they're filmed on a TV budget. Exactly. And that's the problem. I wanted more of that cinematic feel to it, especially with IMAX backing it. You know, I've seen trailers from Game of Thrones that looks light years ahead yeah this trailer right here and i was just expecting something to stand out from everything else that we've seen mm -hmm. on tv maybe it look a lot cooler in the imax but still does it feels a little unfinished yes it does feel unfinished right. but you look at what they did in the netflix series like the daredevil trailer and the jessica jones luke cage those were all incredible and they felt cinematic even though they're landing on netflix yeah they, they felt like they had a good budget behind them and this should have a good budget behind yeah. it we should have gotten a bit more of that like you look the feel especially when maximus is up and he's kind of ranting and raving and starting up this coup it feels like it came straight out of the flash or something green arrow or something yeah, like CW. that it did yeah. it does yeah. like that's the feel and vibe i get from this and i'm not going to crush it on just this trailer because i'm going to watch this i'm going to go to the imax and watch the first two episodes oh yeah definitely but september september 1st yeah. yeah and 
I just need a bit more from this. And I don't know if it's because I don't know the Inhumans that well, but I feel like I have enough familiarity with Black Bolt and Maximus and Karnak and that, that I should be more into this. Yeah. But I'm just not there. They didn't do enough in this trailer to get me amped up. I'm excited for the idea of it, yeah. but I'm not there as far as anticipation yet. Yeah, I'm banking everything on the um, the IMAX experience itself. We'll see because Marvel they they do so many things well, but one thing they do extremely well is is is, is bringing you into these new worlds, these new characters that have been unexplored, and and really sinking your teeth into. From for me, for Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America: Winter Soldier, they've done these things where I'm like totally invested in these characters. So I hope um, it works when I experience this September first, and we'll. See See, they, the shows will premiere on Friday nights as well, which yes, is also kind nine. of funny. Not, yeah, see, that's weird. That's yeah, really so weird. I don't know if they're trying to leverage the idea that it's a bit more of an adult experience. Yeah. So I, I it's hard hard to say because Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been pushed to that. But Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. did really well at the 9 o'clock slot on like a Tuesday. Because they amped sense. it up and they made it a bit more of an adult show as opposed to kind of this... The first season's a bit more... It's trying to, to play to family and all that and never really had the vibe of the cinematic universe yeah. until it moved into this post-Winter Soldier Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was a bit darker and they're kind of more grounded and more grittier. So that's what they need to do to this in humans. And yeah. if they need to use that time slot, I guess. Yeah. But it seems a bit like a graveyard shift. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's, it's like know. playing a movie in January. Yeah. You don't want to do it. <laughs> no. Well, let's talk a bit about this trailer at kind of a high level here. One thing that we're introduced to right off the bat here is the moon. Adelan on the moon, which is a unique concept. This is something that's straight out of the comic books, and it differs a bit from Ages of Shields. And I think this is part of the reason why they're doing this. They, yes, they're going back to the comic book origins, but there's a lot of talk at the start here about and with Maximus about them leaving what appears to be the moon, or at least they allude to being the moon, and going to Earth to the rightful home. Right. And I think it's cool that they're using the idea of Adelan because that's something, like I said, in Agents of the Shield that they've never really mentioned. This okay. idea of a royal family, this idea of Adelan on the moon. And so that's going to be a cool concept to explore about how they're hiding, how they have guns, how they have a population that sits in there. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to explore a bit of that prior to actually getting into the Inhumans on Earth. Right. Do you think they'll spend a lot of time on the moon at first setting things up? I think probably the first episode and a half will be set up on the moon. If you look at how this trailer structured it looks like maximus this is black bolt's brother the guy that does a lot of the speaking with the beard yeah. it looks like he's going to mount some sort of a revolt or coup to take over from the royal family or black bolt and medusa or king and queen of adelan right. and from there it looks like lockjaw whisks black bolt down into what is hawaii going to be the setting yeah. for the the earth setting for the inhumans yeah so i think we're going to spend quite a bit of time setting up adelan I don't know what they're going to do for scale of Adelaide. Like it looks pretty plain yeah. from the trailer. Like there's not much going on. Because when I think of Adelaide, I think of more of a an Asgard-type setting. Something big, something yeah. a bit darker grander. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, a bit darker. And it's yeah. sometimes it's floating above yeah. New York. And sometimes it's... So it's all over the place, really. Yeah. But... They need to explore Adelan in a bit more depth. They need to understand where the Inhumans are coming from. Right. And if they don't spend much time there or if the sets feel like they're in an enclosed stage, yeah. they're really going to hurt what I think could be a really cool exploration of an environment prior to going to Earth. We have to appreciate the Inhumans for their home and for where they are before going to Earth. Like We need to grasp this concept that they are this advanced race i think yeah i, I would assume that's where their imax budget really has to go heavily yeah. there because um it just make more sense to do so to really you know engage that audience and keep us locked in and invested so um give up the goods there and then we'll see what gets sprinkled towards the end because i mean a lot of these times going back to the netflix you know 
they they spent they, they they tend to give you like more bang for your buck towards the end of their series kind of like what daredevil did the first time you know he gets his costume yeah so hopefully they'll do something like that but again with imax back in these guys I, I want everything to be cinematic yeah you know like i'm wondering if they should have did five episodes and did them all IMAX. Because that's what we were saying with Netflix before. If they can yeah. trim down those episodes for those seasons. Yeah. Five I, episodes you're saying here. Yeah, I don't know if they need a full 10 episode a, series a lot. to kick this off. It's like shrink your budget or, or confine your, your episodes to fit a budget yeah. so that you can do the most with that. Right. And make this feel like an extended cinematic experience. Right. And then bring this on the TV and be like, wow, like we can capture a huge audience with this. We can do the IMAX and the TV thing. Yeah. So... I just don't want them to get to the point where we're trying to explore each individual character one per episode. Yeah. And then it's it's a lot of, of development and character building because you look at Daredevil and Luke Cage and all, it's all one character, really. Right. And you get kind of supporting characters here and there. But this is built up around the royal families. We've got Gorgon, Black Bolt, Medusa, Karnak, Maximus, Crystal, and there's a few other guys thrown through their... Uh, Triton. So there's there's a lot of characters to explore and a lot of power sets to explore too. Yeah. So my guess is with ten episodes, they're going to spend quite a bit of time exploring each individual character and how they factor into this whole real family, Adelan, the revolt that Maximus is is mounting. So it's a lot to do in a short amount of time. But I think condensing that and focusing really in around Black Bolt and Maximus more like a Thor Loki type vibe because right. that's really what this is. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean the only way thing I could think of. Is again going back to Game of Thrones. If it's very story driven with some political aspects, yeah. then then it'll work the ten episodes. If it's not that route, I don't know how it's going to work. It's it's going to feel stretched out. It's going to happen really fast. This whole coup. We're going to be away from Adelan right away. I think. Yeah. Like we're going to won't one... spend too much time there. No, I don't think so. I okay. think it's going to be a lot of them getting chased through Hawaii. And yeah. I, I just really don't know how they're going to extend this over ten episodes. Like, I'm really worried about that aspect right. of it. That it's just going to drag and drag and drag. And we're going to get some cool scenes here and there. The first episode is probably going to be banging. Yeah. And then it's going to be dragging. And then the last two are going to be good. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. yeah. Now, Black Bolt's here. He, he is a silent character. He's silent in the comic books as well. Right. I really like the idea of Black Bolt. I like him in the Illuminati. I like yes. him as part of this this Infinity saga that we had recently in, in 2013 and all yeah. that. And his influence there. And this idea that he can't speak. It's going to be interesting to see how they play with this. Is he going to have some sort of inner monologue where he's talking to himself in his head? Right. Is he going to have dream sequences where he's able to communicate? Is he going to be able to go into, I think in the comic books, Maximus or someone creates a separate plane for him where he can go in and talk. Okay. Like it's like a separate pocket dimension or something. So he can go in that and speak. Yeah. And I don't know if they're going to do stuff like that because you can't really have this guy just go through this whole series and not speak. And there is one point in the trailer where it sounds like his voice, like he's voicing over something there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's him or not, but... Yeah, I, I'm curious how they're going to do it. I really hope they, they treat this character much like they did leading into Secret Wars when he takes on the Cabal. Yeah. With him and Black Panther when they defeat um, Submariner, Namor. Yeah. Really love that. That's a huge moment for that character. So I hope we get to see that. I'm, I'm warming up to this actor more so. You know, when I when I first saw him on the poster art, because this is a horrible poster, didn't do it justice, but I, I, I like the cast and what they've done. Maximus is what I'm excited for because what he did in Game of Thrones, I, I cannot wait to see. And, and, and what better character to have him portray in, in this yeah. uh, in this film or he, TV series. He's got a real Loki vibe to him. Like, yes. I think he could stand out in this in this series. Here. I hope so. I'm still not feeling the, the actress playing Black Bolt. No, you're not feeling him, eh? No, not no. yet. We said on, um, no. I, I guess it was Vin Diesel Vin, was rumored from way yeah, back. Yeah, I'm not. 
it's not that it's Vin Diesel that's yeah. holding me back. I just I look at this guy and he just the way he's carrying himself. I just yeah. I, I don't know. Brian Singer like X Men. Yeah, yeah, but he's gonna be able to do a lot more with his his body language and his facial Shape, expressions yeah. because he's not speaking. He can't that's express right. himself in that way. So I'm looking for more of a character actor here. I need someone that right. can really show emotion through just facial expressions yes, and all that. Important. So I'm just he seems very stiff to me. Right. In, in all the scenes that they showed in this trailer. Yeah. You, you know, it's funny too, because in the comics, Black Bolt's kind of felt stiff to me. I guess maybe it's the mask that's kind of helped yeah. in a weird way. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. But he just, because in the comic books, it, it works that he can be silent. Exactly. Because he can play off different things. He can be doing te- like tele- telepathy and all that. Right. So I really don't know because he communicates to a degree through Medusa. Yes. In the comic books. And so how they're going to develop that. And that's another character that's throwing me off. The wig. She's not working for me. It's driving at all. me nuts. Yeah, it's 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 hor- it's, it's just like uh, Josh Trank's um, Fantastic yeah. Four wig there. Going and on. Why they didn't take the opportunity to show her power set in this trailer? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, see, because they really need to win us over with that. Yeah, that's why showing the IMAX stuff. Pro- it's probably not done. Yeah, yeah. For well, sure. I guess it should be close to me. It done. should be close, but that's one of the biggest complaints going into the poster art too. Is everybody's yeah. like her hair looks off? So I thought they had a lot to prove here in this trailer by by being like, look, this is what we have. Don't worry, and mm-hmm. they didn't do that. Not no. for me, at least. And there's a scene there where she's pinned down with Maximus in front of her, and there's two guards holding onto her, and she's just sitting there. Yeah. Like, why isn't her hair up? She's I know. Whipping these guys. Like, how cool would that have been just to be like, just like a boom, boom, like a quick cut yeah. sort of scene where you see the hair. You don't have to show it coming off her head, but just it grabbing and throwing guys around. Yeah, and I think that would have thrown the audience, like, totally, like, not off, but been like, whoa, didn't see that coming. Because yeah. we know what her hair can do, but the general audience has no idea. So why not take that time to, to show that off? I don't know, yeah. man. I don't know. And one of the CG character they have here is Lockjaw. Yeah. I was surprised to see him in this trailer, actually. Yeah. He shows up here once Maximus, I guess, through the revolt, ends up coming for a Black Bolt. And Lockjaw shows up and whisks him away to what appears to be Hawaii. What did you think of the CG and the look of Lockjaw? It, 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 he's outlandish as it is. Yeah. You know? so <laughs> it's a big giant dog. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's okay. You know, I was worried at first when I first saw him. I think when they had the big blue... Yeah, the whatever stand-in. Yeah, in, in Hawaii. Yeah. I think so. I was worried about But this, this is okay. This is okay. I still expect more, though, from an IMAX budget mm. again. Because they do that kind of stinger scene at the end where he kind of does the, the dog comes down. Right, yeah. And it looks all right. Yeah. Like, it looks unfinished, but it looks all right. Looks I think okay. they're going to use him quite sparingly. Yes. Because they can't blow their whole budget on Lockjaw. They really can. And, and even if they could, it would just be weird to just keep seeing this, this big dog yeah. in real life that's not in a movie. Right. So yeah. it's hard to say. Like, I don't want to be too down on this because overall, I'm always excited for an expanding cinematic universe. Yeah. And you've been invested in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for quite some time. Yeah, too, so right? I want to see them bridge these two together. Yeah. And the fact they're going to get the royal family here is pretty cool. I like the idea of the event style of viewing of this. Yes. But they need to bring something to the table. The next trailer, whether it's at D23 or Comic-Con or whatever, yeah. it needs to be big. Like, this can't be the only trailer that they show prior to September 1st. They really need to hit this hard. Now, hopefully, maybe we get something in front of Spider-Man Homecoming that surprises us. Just kind of builds that momentum for another Marvel Cinematic Universe event style of experience. Right. But, yeah, they they just need to really nail this. And this wasn't the trailer (laughs) to push people like you and I who are a bit skeptical on this over the edge into high anticipation. Even the general audience, I don't think this was the right trailer They have no idea what's going going on. on. No, it doesn't really explain anything. You get this idea that there's, yeah, there's a revolt here, but they don't display many of the power sets. You get Gorgon doing the the 
seismic stamp thing and you get some idea from Karnak what he's capable of, but nothing really in any depth. You just get too little. You know, there's not enough there. We're always complaining that you're showing us too much. Yeah. I want a bit more here. Yes. I need a bit more here. Yeah, we need it. Yeah. Yeah. So cautiously optimistic about this. It's still going to be something I'm going to go and see and, and watch. 10 episodes isn't a lot. It's an hour a week, so it's not too, too bad as yeah. far as investment. And they'll have their breaks, right? Yeah, and break. it's like watching a Netflix series more or less. And maybe this would have been better on Netflix. Yeah, the budget, know. would that be tough? That'd be tough with that budget, though, eh? I don't know. Yeah. I, it's it's got to look good. It, it really does. That's the biggest thing. Because it's a very demanding film visually. Yeah. And on a TV budget... It's going to be tough. Right. It's going to be tough. But like I said, we're always optimistic for more cinematic universe oh, building. Yeah. And, and especially in, in Marvel here, I'm, I'm really pulling for this thing. But like I said, and like we said, give us a little more. Give us a better trailer. Show us some of that IMAX footage to really get us amped up for this. Yes. Do you think we'll get a Lockjaw Build-A-Figure in the future? <laughs> Yes. Would Possibly. I buy it? Yes. You would. Right. Yeah. I'd do it. <laughs> I see it more as maybe a San Diego Comic Con exclusive set where you're getting the whole royal family with Lockjar or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. And like a big fold out thing if this is a successful series. Right. Something like that would be more appropriate. Or something that lands as a Toys R Us exclusive, something like that. And, and what if this fails going forward into the MCU? What do they do with this? How do they ignore the Inhumans, because they've, the, they've kind of built them up. The same way they've ignored them on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> yeah, they, they've kind of just forgotten about them. Well, no, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's a huge storyline. Okay. The, the whole cinematic universe itself, there's, right. there's nothing about Inhumans. They never talk about, yeah. No, and like you go into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Inhumans have to sign the Sokovia Accords and all this. So wow. yeah, they've integrated quite well that whole idea of Captain America Civil War into this, this power set, these enhanced individuals. Yes. But there's no kind of reciprocation as far as the movies go to what's going on Agents of Shields okay. and, and in humans. That's why I said this is a huge test for that because yeah. we have to start acknowledging a broader sense of a, of a universe right. in the films, in Inhumans, in Agents of Shields. Especially to, with the MCU going cosmic. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. So wait and see. This is uh, cautiously optimistic, I think. Right. So, well, man, it's been an absolute pleasure discussing Inhumans. I'm loving what we're seeing from the Star Wars universe, and I'm excited for what's coming down the pipe as far as D23 and San Diego Comic-Con. This week, we've got Spider-Man Homecoming. Troy, you must be ecstatic for this. Oh, yeah, man. I'll be there yeah. all week. Yeah. Tickets are purchased. This is getting rave reviews. It's certified fresh in Rotten Tomatoes. This looks like another hit for Marvel Studios. And we're going to be reviewing that next week. Go back in episodes, episode 78. You can hear our prelude to Spider-Man Homecoming with Chris from Alpha Comics. He joined us last week to go into some of the comic book origins of Spider-Man and for us to speculate a bit as to what we think could influence this movie from a comic book perspective and what we'd like to see coming out of this movie and in the future for Spider-Man himself in the MCU. So make sure to tune in back here next week for our Spider-Man Homecoming review. Sanjay, even if we have to wheel him in here, he's going to be back discussing that with us. And that's part of our MCU retrospective series. This is a 16-month look back into the MCU. We're reviewing each and every MCU film leading into a weekend of release review of Avengers Infinity War. We just dropped our Captain America, the first Avenger episode. So in the feed you're listening to right now, you can go back one episode and check that out. We got a nice back catalog now going all the way back to Iron Man. And we're going to continue plowing through this all the way until next May with one review a month where we're going to build into Avengers Infinity War. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, you can always get a hold of us at thenerdrm at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on our website at thenerdroom.net. 
You can hit us up on Facebook or YouTube, or you can always grab us on Twitter. Our handles are at the end of the episode. And before we sign off here, one last shout out for our website. Make sure you guys go over, that's the nerdroom.net. Check out the website and also enter for our Spider-Man prize pack. You just go to the contacts page in the about tab and just enter through the form there, your name, email, and in the subject title, Spider-Man Homecoming, and you'll enter in that draw, and we'll do that in two weeks' time. And we're gonna have more content dropping on there with more contributors in the coming weeks. And we look forward to expanding that and making this a real resource for the listeners and like-minded fans. All right, man, until next week, we'll be doing our Spider-Man Homecoming review for The Nerd Room. I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And thank you for entering The Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim and Troy, on Twitter at TheNerdRM and TroyTheBoy87. Don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search The Nerd Room Podcast. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find other podcasts on the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Generation X-Wing, Tumbling Saber, Rogue Squadron Podcast, and the Skyhopper Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.